Welcome, welcome back to Raw Before Christ. We are about to continue on our episode of Depression and the Church, and we're about to pick up where we left off. So, enjoy! That, first of all, thank you for sharing that, Sierra. That was a lot. It was a lot! And your life is... Woo, girl! You... You got a story to tell. I'll tell you that. <laughs> to God. I'm sure you know, you know, but I think one of the things that was really powerful that stood out to me was that it wasn't one moment or one person. Yeah. And I think so often where the church makes a misstep is that we make it about us when we're trying yeah. to get someone free. And mm-hmm. the, the whole phrasing of that sentence is just wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. we're trying to get you free. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Christ is the guy who frees us, right? Yeah. And um, I think, like, the church often just has the mindset that we're the answer when yeah. it's really God. And, like, we do believe in healing. Like, you kept asking. And yeah. you, you did get the breakthrough eventually. But even for your own personal life, it was like, it was like God opened it the first time he gave you the vision. He promised that to you. Like, no person was involved in that. That was no, you and the yeah. Lord. And I think it's just, like, something to reflect upon for every believer whether they struggle or don't struggle just to be mindful like hey it's not about you and god may call you to pray for someone who's depressed but realize that it's really not about you and if they don't get freed it's not because you didn't pray big enough Mm -hmm. you didn't pray bold enough you know and and i and i think it's just a very human aspect of our spirituality that comes out in those moments of the altars and i don't blame any person for like no (laughs) having that feeling or approaching it that way but um our mindsets just need to change when it comes to things like that yeah it's just wrong (laughs) (laughs) but i just think it's powerful how you know the lord used such vivid imagery for you like you said he opened the door the first time and then the next time he called you to literally step through it yeah and it was like your act of obedience to listen to his voice you know, when he when you yeah. fell down, you're like, God, why are you telling me to get up right now? Like, I want to stay here in your <laughs> yeah. presence. Like, I know what it's like. I've I've been saying this spirit before too, and it's like, like I just want I don't want to move. Like, this is such a beautiful feeling, such a beautiful yeah. moment. Like, I don't want to move. But if God's telling you to get up, like, you better obey that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I just think it's so powerful that you, you were the one. You chose freedom. Like, you chose it. You listened to the voice of God, and you chose it. And yeah. someone, just because they're depressed, doesn't mean they can't hear the voice of God. You know, and it's very different if you're talking to someone who's depressed as a believer versus depressed yeah. as an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. But in this context, you were someone who knew the voice of God, and yeah. you were still able to hear it, even in the place of depression. So I think, like, as someone, my perspective being someone who never really walked through a journey like that, like, I, I don't have experience you know, obviously we have depressed days where we have just a down day or like you're going through something rough and you may feel that feeling, but you're not like living in it, you know? Yeah. And and I have never, I can't say that I've ever experienced what you went through. Yeah. But for someone on the outside, I think it's easy for us to just assume that, you know, if someone says they have depression or they look like they have depression, because for you, you didn't look like it necessarily. Yeah. Um, that like people on the outside just assume that they're like closed off to everything that they can't hear the voice of God like yeah. I think that's just like a natural mindset yeah. and to think like oh they're just this shallow person like God we need we need to break this so you can speak to them but it's yeah. like that's just a very like linear way of looking at it God is so complex and that situation yeah. is so complex <laughs> yeah. and God can meet them exactly where they're supposed to be even in the midst of their depression he can speak and so I think like 
as believers, as the church, we just need to be more open to how God wants to go about it. Because your story of freedom is like nothing I've ever heard of before, you know? And, and like, I said this earlier today in conversation, but like no, no person's freedom is the same. No, you yeah. know? Like your journey of freedom is different than Carisha's journey of freedom from yeah. the same struggle. Yeah. And even during the struggle, it was different. I will say, like, one thing I hear reflecting from both of your stories, though, is that you both had moments, if not the core aspect of it, just being, like, what is my purpose? Your lack of knowledge about purpose led you down a very dark path. And I think something that our generation can do differently because, you know, we grew up in a generation that, like, depression anxiety is, like, a common thing. Yeah. The generation before us didn't as much. But now our kids one day are walking in in this being what went before them Mm -hmm. and so like they're probably going to grow up in a generation where it's a commonality too but as you know just thinking about that next generation like what can we do differently from them from our experiences you know even in the church or in the schools like you mentioned I think like really affirming that purpose affirming the fact that they're a child of God that they're created that they have designed that God has a plan for them like from a very young age, if that's instilled in them, it would definitely help. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's the end-all cure because the devil is just going to get more crafty about how he, you know, approaches yeah. it. But, like, that seems to be a common thread. And so, like, as the church, as someone listening who's like, wow, like, I haven't walked through that, but what could I do differently to a young person who might be on the verge of a path of depression or might be on the verge of a path of anxiety honestly just like, like speaking to that purpose yeah like honestly I think the one thing looking back that I wish I could have told my younger self and told the people around me was community 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 yeah, yeah. like that is the mm-hmm. one it's not an end-all cure-all solution to depression but it can be the difference between surviving a depression and having it be the end mm-hmm. of someone's life because um when we can't see God in the midst of our darkness, what's our number one connection to him? Mm. The people around the us. The people of God, yeah. And if you have absolutely no one around you, or absolutely no one around you who is a believer, mm. um, what's your, you have no example of God. You mm. know, you have no example of that connection of God. If you're struggling to hear, if you're struggling to connect, you know, we need each other. Yeah. And we see that in the fact that, like, Jesus himself chose to live with the twelve. Like, he didn't need that. Mm. he didn't need to have the 12 around him but he had that group as an example to us that we should want to live in community and when you're somebody who's depressed you know like I was somebody you know some people are able to reach out when they're depressed some people are able to constantly be like I'm struggling I was somebody who I always said and only God has recently addressed this as a negative thing with me but I always said um that it was always just God and me you know like Mm -hmm. I was like yeah, it was just like God and me would do this. And I always looked at that as like, you know, praise God. He has my back. And yeah, praise God. He has my back. But I made myself so alone mm, that I remember sitting at the altar one day being like, if the whole, if I wasn't here anymore and the whole world got together and had the puzzle pieces of me that each of them had, they still wouldn't have enough pieces to complete the puzzle. Wow. And... Oh. Can you say that again? Because that was good. (laughs) Yeah, just say that again. Say it again. again. (laughs) The whole world, if I wasn't here by any means anymore, and the whole world got together and each had a puzzle of me, puzzle piece of me, they still wouldn't have enough pieces to complete the puzzle. That's crazy. And I realized that I was made myself 
to be falsely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I would tell people about things that I'd gone through and conquered that were bad enough to make them think that they knew me, but not close enough for them to understand what I was currently going through. And I made it this point of like, I couldn't trust anybody because I was so used to the abandonment of the world. I was so used to just like, that's where it being just me and God came from was like, well, if I'm always going to be abandoned by the world, then let me rejoice in the Lord. And that's that's great and all, but that's not how God intends us to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we want to help people who are depressed, rally around them and stay. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare insert yourself into a depressed person's life if you can't be there. Wow. You know, like yeah. that will be the difference, especially if you're a believer and they don't have anyone, around, anyone else around them who's a believer. You are their first example of God. Yeah. Just like how our parents are the first example of God, to them, you're the first example of God. Mm-hmm. And if they see this churchgoer who's willing to pray over them fervently and send in those couple, like, let's have a coffee date, and they hang in two coffee dates, and then the night that they're, tr- they're suicidal and about to attempt, you're not there, don't interact with them in the first place. You just don't. Pray over them, bless them, but find somebody else to do it if you can't. Mm-hmm. Be intentional about that because that is the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, not being alone is what will keep somebody from picking up a knife again. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because at least somebody will be there to hold them back if they try. Yeah. You know, like, we need each other, genuinely. Yeah. And depressed people need godly people to be there. As, as great as worldly friends are and were, even for me, I, I needed a community. But I was... I had so much church hurt because when I fell off the face of the earth, when I, like, first of all, I was in my church for two years, wasn't acknowledged, and um, then finally got into the community, and then when everything went to heck and I fell off, nobody checked in. And when I would appear at church again, they'd be like, oh, we miss you, blah, blah, blah. And it was this example of, like, even in the community, when they say I'm making impact, I mean nothing. Mm. That was my example of a godly community. And, like, that that kept me even more from connection with people and I look back and I think and you know it's taken me 20 years of my life to get to a point where God has worked on me with being vulnerable like I'm finally able to cry in front of people you know whereas it used to be I would go I would cry only at the altar outside of that it would be like five months like genuinely like five months and I would cry all one night let it all out maybe raise my voice a little bit and the next day it was like a switch off again Mm. you know we need community in order to process the things we can't process in the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have people to rally around you and say, this isn't okay. This isn't how God wants you to live. Yeah. This darkness isn't going to be here forever. And we need somebody to call out consistently <laughs> yeah. to be there on the darkest nights. And, you know, if you're not up for the battle, like sometimes you're not and that's okay. But don't insert yourself into that person's life. Get somebody else. Get them a system yeah. of people who will be there. I think that's honestly like the answer yeah. for the church like as far as like what community can what we can do at a non-medicated non-therapist mm-hmm. um, level mm-hmm. just for people who are followers of God I yeah. think that's really the best like answer personally <laughs> what, what do you, would you say like for the person that's withdrawn in depression and hard to talk to like persistence pursue 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 mm. because that's what Jesus does for us yeah and you know i guarantee you even that if even if that person makes you seem like the biggest bother on their life you know you never know what the blockage is and i guarantee you that the person who they actually are is somewhere inside of them screaming out for you to come mm. a little closer mm. i guarantee you that no matter how much they fight no matter how much they kick no matter how much they tell you they might say some strong things because depression is a beast 
<laughs> depression can be demonic. Depression isn't always demonic. I do advocate for that. Yes. But it can be. There are forces, you know, the battle is not against this world. Yeah. It's not against, you know, flesh alone. It's There's a spiritual realm out there, and that person is fighting so many things. Yeah. And initially, if you're getting abandoned over and over again, you're probably going to be the next threat to them. Mm. The second you say you care is the second that the red flag goes up. Ah, that's wrong. Because everyone who ever said they cared about me hasn't been there on the nights that I tried to jump, hasn't been there on the nights that I tried to do this or that. You know, so no. <laughs> so they're going to keep at a distance, maybe viciously or calmly, but persistence will make the difference. Mm. That will make all the difference for them. If they can, if you can prove to them that you're gonna be there you might just show them something about god they didn't know yeah and what about the person that's like you like you said the people who you know don't act like they're withdrawn but they're actually going through the depressive phase what how how do we as the church like you know besides the holy spirit just telling you like discern that or like what to look for so we don't miss those people as they just pass by in life yeah honestly um that comes down to prayer prayer and discernment Mm -hmm. Um, I would say like for people who are like me I think it it still comes down to pursuing it still comes down to that consistency of like you know in calling you need to get to a place with a person where you're not afraid to call them out mm-hmm. Um, to be like if they say I'm fine you are able to look them in the eyes using discernment not just your initial judgments and be like you were not fine. Mm-hmm. Because I, I guarantee you, it was, it was the days that I looked not fine that I was actually having, like, some of the good days. <laughs> Probably because I wasn't so sleep-deprived and I was recognizing what was going on on those days. <laughs> but it was, like, some of my best-looking days that I wanted for one person to come up and ask me. So interrupt mm. normalcy as well. Yeah. I would say interrupt um, the happy moments to be, like, to be genuinely, like, you know, I love to see you laugh like this. I just want to know are you okay how have you been doing lately mm-hmm. and that will throw a person who is so used to being that happy friend being that happy pillar so off mm-hmm. I remember that it only happened to me once in my entirety my depression and it was this one girl in my course class who wasn't even a Christian and um she it was like this night I was smiling we had a choir concert that night and the concert was over um, wasn't even that close to her, but previously I had gone up to her and asked if she was okay one day. And, um, so I think that night it prompted some kindness from her, which she was so sweet. And she came up to me and she was like, you know, like, Hey, you know, and I just said like, Hey, and I just smiled at her and she was, looked like she was about to walk away and she paused and she looked me in the eye and she just, it was that moment of just looking me in the eye, not just the like, are you okay? Or like, it was like that moment of she I saw in her eyes she wanted to know. Yeah. And she was like, are you okay? And it struck me because nobody, not my own parents, not my closest friends, not my best friends would ask me if I'm okay in the moments that I was smiling. Mm. And it struck me and I just remember being like saying to her like, yeah, yeah. Like it threw me so off. I didn't know how to respond because I'm like, like why are you not buying the facade right now Mm -hmm. and she asked again and like I just said yeah and she's like okay are you sure Mm -hmm. and it was that moment a lot of the times it's the second 
question because yeah. we're so used to being like are you okay and sometimes it strikes you and then they go and you're like yeah they didn't really care anyways yeah. back to being depressed but it was that second moment that persistence that pursual of just being like are you sure and it struck me, and it was like, I just started to cry. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. It's like that that persistence and that willingness to interrupt the happy moments. Mm-hmm. That willingness to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because, and I mean that in like, you have to be uncomfortable with somebody else's discomfort if you're going to reach them. Because if you're, like, I know that, like, if I were to see somebody ask me if I'm okay, but they were obviously like, oh no, like, what are you telling me? Like, you're depressed and you're struggling with all this. Like, I would instantly be like, eh, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> like, you know, defense. We need to be comfortable with looking somebody in the eyes and being like, having that love yeah. and that persistence of like, I really want to hear what's happening. It makes me think of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Because, yeah. like, how he went out of his way to meet her on that path. Yeah. And, like, just how genuine his pursuit of her was. And how, like, how he just, he didn't have to do that, you know? And I think as the church, we get very busy as a church. The church is, yeah. you know, most churches these days are doing life groups. And they're doing discipleship groups and study groups. And they have youth group and adults yeah. group. And there's always things going, it's going, it's going. Like, I grew up in the church. I'm a PK. I understand the go, go, go mentality of the church. And I think sometimes the church just moves too fast that they forget to pause and like check in with their people and we've missed that like fellowship where those types of conversations would come out it's like yeah we have greeting teams and I'm not saying any of those things are bad (laughs) no they're good (laughs) but I think it's just and that's a reflection of our culture today too not just in the church but the church is mirroring a little bit the culture of this world which is a red flag (laughs) in some areas because we're so called to be set apart from the world yeah and so you know, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what that looks like. If you're the senior pastor of a church and you're like, I, I want to help with this. I want our church to be different in the culture of our church. I don't necessarily know what the answer is practically of how to incorporate that. But even just educating and teaching your people the mindfulness for these types of things. Yeah. And um, especially like leadership teams and prayer teams, like they should be um, more aware of just the whole scene of depression and like how how like you said asking that second time and things like that those practical tools are so necessary for for ministry and to like just to be a community together in the body of Christ like how are we supposed to encourage one another if we don't even understand one another so we need to take the time to pause to understand each other first and then be like okay this is how I can help this person because that information was like all new to me you know like some of it is instinctual when I've talked to people before who I know I've struggled but like, I obviously don't have those experiences. So hearing you say, like, well, this you can do to help, and this is, like, and it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's just things that we wouldn't think of right. um, because we're so fast-paced as a church culture. Yeah. yeah. And, like, um, this might be a whole different topic in <laughs> itself, but just to kind of piggyback off of what Sierra was just talking about, I remember coming in this semester, it wasn't as if I was in a deep depressive state but I was just not feeling it mm-hmm. and coming in you know back as 
an ordained minister. Everyone's looking up to me as, oh, Carisha, you're a prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. You pray and you're this and you're Holy Spirit filled. Mm -hmm. But then no one takes the time out to stop and ask me, how are you doing? Yep. Yeah. And be like consistent, persistent and genuine. pressing those yeah. and genuine and pressing those buttons and saying, Carisha, how are you doing? Especially as, you know, a leader and, you know, it's 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 not something that being a leader makes you immune to being depressed or anything like that yeah. it's just we're human and mm -hmm. things like that happen to everyone whether you're a christian or a non-christian you still face these things because it's just the reality of how things are and i yeah. remember just like there are times walking around campus or just in general and I'm just like praying and I'm like, God, just I just need a hug. Like that's all yeah. I need. Can't you send someone to talk to me? Because I'm not at my highest. I'm not feeling my best today or I'm yeah. in a week or two of just feeling in that low state, but everyone's looking up to me mm. as a leader, mm -hmm. as someone yeah. who's always going in in prayer. And yeah, it's, true but i also need help in that area yeah and i remember as i was saying coming in this semester i remember the first day registration and i'm kind of just i don't want to be here i know i'm called to be here yeah. and i know that i'm doing ministry and i'm doing this because god has called me to do it and my heart for ministry that god has developed but i just did not want to be here yeah and um i just felt so lost and I remember just someone coming up to me Erica bless her heart Aww. she just came up to me and she hugged me without I was like asking God to send someone to hug oh, wow. me for two weeks wow. and she came up to she me yes everyone one. everyone came and they gave me the little pats on the back and the little <laughs> you know church hug but she hugged the auntie me hug. yeah she <laughs> hugged me and she looked me in the eyes and she smiled and she said I'm so happy to see you. I'm glad you're here. Oh. And just that moment kind of broke something inside of me. And I came back and I sat down and I was like, man, mm -hmm. God, that just happened. It wasn't like I was looking for a written word in the sky yeah. for God to say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> just but, love. but just because that genuine love that came from her and just someone yes. making me realize that mm. you're needed here like yeah. i want you to be here yes. i'm glad to see you it made me just kind of come out of the state that yeah. i was in and i had to write her a little note and say listen Aww. thank you because you don't know how much you changed my perspective for this entire semester wow. because i was coming in with just i don't i don't want to do this anymore because yeah. sometimes i feel like giving up as a minister i feel a Christian and I just feel like giving up I I feel emotions of you know being depressed in certain areas of my life yeah. and I just feel like I'm sinning I don't want to do this <laughs> it just feels like that because it's not addressed and it just makes me feel like I'm inadequate so when you mm -hmm. have someone that's being persistent and going through that with love with you it just it makes a difference it and it changes yeah. someone's life so you never know what you're encountering on your day-to-day -day walks and it's always good to be a good representative and just be genuine mm -hmm. and love yes. on people because yeah. that's what we need yeah yeah and I it think... makes me wonder like how much 
how how many people like I know some people there's there's biological stuff that goes with it too yeah. and imbalances and so there's so many different like reasons for someone to potentially struggle with that but I wonder just how many fewer cases there would be if we did community well right like yeah. if we just did community well the way it's originally designed to be the right. way God created us to be um yeah. you know if even if you think back in Jesus time like they did everything in the community their families were huge they and like you know obviously there's science that shows more and there's yeah. as time like we've learned more about the the mental and psychiatric side of things but like you know you don't really think about the people in Jesus day having like an overwhelming group in their generation with depression you know mm-hmm. and like not that it didn't exist in its own form and it, did. And it yeah. definitely did yeah. but I think it must just practically speaking like it had to have been less because of the yeah. way that they did life together mm-hmm. that eliminates so many potential cases just alone by having that community yeah. around you and we've yeah. become such a culture like every man to themselves mm-hmm. yeah that independence uh, yeah, yeah everyone's, everyone's so- independence but everyone's <laughs> communities yeah, so, exactly. yeah so it's just like especially like our culture is just like do it yourself or you're weak. <laughs> like, exactly. like, no. You know, yeah. That's true. That's exactly how people look at stuff. Yeah. And it makes us feel like, oh, I feel depressed. I got to go through this alone. Mm-hmm. Or I'm weak. Yeah. Because if I, if I, it, it comes what? to the point of, yeah. I, I start asking for help. People are start starting to look at me like, you're too weak. You can't even yeah, go through this Yeah, then what does that yourself? say about me and my relationship with God? Right. You know, yeah. like, it's like. And then another thing is, like, sometimes, like, people will hear that, like, community, and they'll be like, well, I can't save everybody. I'm not Jesus. Like, you can't save everybody. You aren't Jesus. Yeah, we know this. But take the example (laughs) from him. is like, they're like, well, I can't just be meeting with every single, like, person, like, out there who's depressed. And it's just like, find the one. Yeah. Jesus left the 99 for the one. Find the one that you're meant to connect with. Yeah. That God intended. Pray about it. Ask about it. And that takes And then connect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then connect somebody else to somebody. Yeah. In the meantime, like, well, you're figuring that out. Make sure they're connected with somebody who can be there or be a leader or whatever. You know, well, you're either figuring that out or you know it's not your calling. And, you know, the thing that will make the difference is, like, look how many lives Jesus impacted. Mm -hmm. If you make every encounter with somebody intentional that might be the only encounter they need with you. You know, like, if you treat every encounter as, like, oh, I've got to get to class in 10 minutes, but you're crying, and you Mm -hmm. say you want to die, but i got to get a class, like, I'll talk to you after, that might be the last class that you ever get to say goodbye to them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that might be the last time. If you make every encounter intentional, you're like, you know what, forget class. Like, let's look at your life. That might be the encounter that they said, I choose to live today yeah. for the first time I want yeah. to live. You know, that yeah, so if you true. make every encounter intentional, we won't need to run after every person frivolously if we're just trying to balance them because mm-hmm. that's not what Jesus sees as, like, us as. He's not trying to balance us on a scale. He's trying to take us in his arms mm-hmm. and individually be like, I love you, yeah. you know, yeah. individually display that love, you know. So it's not about running after every person. It's about making your encounters intentional with every person and then persistence comes in either you find somebody to be persistent with them that you can trust and you should check in that that person is still being persistent with them like every like couple months and then or you pray and find out that you're the one who's supposed to be persistent yeah Mm -hmm. you know you gotta have love and also we just talk about like healthy burdens like like when I say that I mean like a person who knows how to carry quote-unquote burdens healthily knows that the other person's burden is not there to carry and we spoke we about yeah yeah you put it on god's <laughs> yes. shoulders so like yeah you know 
that's when people get tired. That's when people face yeah. burnout because they're like, well, I can't carry every depressed person's burn on my bad. shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Specifically it's, it's with hard for an empath. Mm-hmm. It's hard for an empath. I'm a hardcore empath. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of my depression came from because I would just, I would just carry, carry, carry mm-hmm. people around me. And honestly, it was a numbing thing because I was like, now I don't have to focus on my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, carry what my parents were going through, brother, sister, whatever. That's why I was the happy friend. That's why that was for me. But it's like when, we, when people like think they're like, well, I can't carry every depressed person's burden on my shoulders. It's just like, it's not your job. Yeah, it's not your job. Yeah. It's Jesus' job. And if you're, you're just there to healthily, yeah, if you're carrying it healthily, you're able to have that conversation, hear what that person's going through take that burden and bring it to the lord yeah Yeah. with them with them first of all and then second of all by yourself you know it's always i always feel like that should be two-step like you help them bring their burdens to jesus and then like like say a prayer of course you're not actually helping them you're just guiding them in prayer you know shining a light on the path being like that way (laughs) (laughs) and then for you when you leave that encounter i think it's always very good to be intentional about being like okay I just heard a lot of heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me just check real quick in with Jesus and yes. be like, okay, that was heavy. And like, you might find out that you're good, that you're doing great, you know, and like it didn't really affect you that much. Or you might find out, wow, that kind of like struck something. And yeah. even though I've never been through it, it just is like on me and like, yeah. let me bring that to Jesus. And Jesus might be like, well, here's why. He might even reveal something about you or you might just be like, let me, let me take that, you know. Yeah. It's always good <laughs> to that two check in. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. So I think like, so the biggest things we could take away from this is just like <laughs> everything, everything. <laughs> the world <laughs> but like just the fact of community and yeah. being persistent and realizing that as a church it's not our responsibility to fix these problems but to point people to Jesus because yes. he's yes. the ultimate source of dependency he's the ultimate source of bringing that healing and yeah just you know just putting it out there that people you have purpose you know just keep yeah, your life speaking matters. life into yes. people's life just and not just love. yeah with yeah. genuine love Gen- yeah genuinely caring for people and just I feel like it's you hit a point at the beginning that sometimes you know being the in that state of depression can make you feel ungrateful and it's good to allow people to realize that you're not being ungrateful this is something that's normal it's something that happens and it's how you walk through that depression with Jesus and you know how you walk through it with others and just getting to that ultimate place of healing through these sources you know scripture and counseling and just yeah. you know a lot of just avenues that god you know it's placed out there Amen. wow this this yeah. <laughs> this was a lot and i'm pretty sure we could go continue on, on and on and on and on <laughs> but like i feel like this is a good place to kind of just honestly real quick two more things like really quick <laughs> <laughs> like first of all real quick when it comes to like pursuing that depressed person and being there for them i do want to make it clear it doesn't always have to look like fervent prayer like where you're taking them into a room sometimes prayer can be exhausting because Mm. that's spiritual warfare and it's like if you bring somebody into a boxing match every single time you meet with them to help them fight their demon at one point they will collapse from exhaustion (laughs) so don't spiritually always bring them to a boxing match sometimes people just need somebody to sit there in silence with them while they are battling in their mind sometimes they just need to get distracted go to a mall watch a movie sometimes they just 
they just need a friend. Yep. Yeah. Jesus wasn't always that person who was like, raw, come now. Sometimes he just <laughs> sat there yeah. with the person and was like, I love you. Yeah. Anyways, what do you need from me? Let's talk. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go for a walk. Let's go pray. Have a nap. You know, like, so you have a nap in the snack, you know? Yeah. So I do want to make that point that it's not always just yeah. warfare. That's Sometimes good. you just need to be there. Like, yeah. that's what persistence really is. It's just the presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, second of all, it's like, I'm really quick. I lost the point. It's real life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's probably Lord me. Like, shut up. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Never mind. I was like, no, no, don't shut up. <laughs> if you're depressed, it's not your fault. Mm. Yeah. It's not. It's really not like it's okay to lay down you just have to get up again but know that the laying down isn't your fault yeah you know if you're depressed know that you didn't do some great sin that caused god to punish you for years yeah. and blah, blah blah god's not Amen. vengeful god's not god is a wrathful god but he's not a vengeful god mm-hmm. on his own children mm-hmm. if you're depressed there's Nothing that you could have possibly done to earn abuse from parents. Nothing you could have possibly done to earn abuse from relationships. Nothing you could have possibly done to earn your trauma. Which your trauma is not a badge that you earn from being a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just want to put that out there, of course. If you're depressed, there's redemption for you. And you are the victim, but that's not what God calls you to be for the rest of your life. It's not your identity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not your identity. Wow. That's good. Glad you remembered. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's a valid point. That's yeah. a very valid point that people need to hear. I need to hear. <laughs> All of us need to hear. Amen. And be reminded that, you know, it's not our fault. No. Wow. Sierra, would you do us the honor of yeah. praying? <laughs> yeah, people are tired of hearing my voice in this podcast. <laughs> with this girl. I can't wait till she's done. Anyway. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, so much for these beautiful ladies in this room, God. I thank you for this time that we've had together with you, God. And I just pray over any audience we have that comes across this recording, whether it be now or years from now, that you would, this prayer would have the same effect on them. And the prayer that I'm going to pray right now, God, is that you would enter the space they are in, in Jesus' name, whether they be depressed or mentally sound, God, whatever stage they may be at, enter the room that they are currently in, God, right now, and begin to change things and rearrange things, begin to rearrange mindsets that have told them you are far, begin to rearrange mindsets that have told them to hate you, begin to rearrange mindsets that have declared you as a vengeful distant father who doesn't care about their struggles and begin to start entering the situation bring them community bring them people to care and let them know that if right now they have nobody that they have you god and if there are people out there who could listen to this who have no idea how to get to you right now that they yearn for you with everything in them god that they have heard the podcast they have heard us talk about some serious things and they say that's me and i have nothing and i have nobody will you have god you have God, and yes. the one way to get through God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for all of our sins a long time ago. And I just want to pray right now that if you feel that you need God in your life, I would just lead you in this prayer that you would just forsake your to ask for forgiveness for your sins right now. It's a simple prayer of just being saying, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's okay. 
And that if you want Jesus today, that you would just say, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. Thank you, Lord. After, after asking for forgiveness of sins, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart today. And you just need that relationship with him. That's what it's coming about. And if you chose to accept Jesus into your heart today, I encourage you to reach out to a spiritual leader in your community. Find a church. Um, find, you know, a Christian um, church who believes in the gifts, who believes in the resurrection of Christ, and reach out to them and explain to them what you just experienced today. Um, you're not alone. You have people who care about your life, um, and God has you. God has you from this point on, and we pray that God would begin, if you did just pray that prayer right now, and God did begin to enter, and you felt a change, or even if you didn't feel a change, but you know you prayed that prayer, that God would begin to send people to you yes. who would disciple you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for healing, joy, peace, whatever your will be for the audience, God, and for the people in this room. In the name of Jesus, name of God, name of Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you both for sitting in. And it, it was informative on both ends. And wow, that's all I can say is. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you guys for joining for another episode of Raw Before Christ. Mm-hmm.